So the last full day of metta, at least in this context, you've got the rest of your life to perfect it, at least cultivate it. So you've put in a lot of hard work at this to get to this point. So enjoy whatever fruits and blessings of your practice as you sit. I was reflecting yesterday on the practice <clears throat> and reflecting on this stage of the practice, or for those of you who've been doing this a while, the movement of the practice from being going from classical music to more like jazz. So there's the art and the science of any practice. There's the structure, there's the form, and then there's the essence and going beyond the form. And we've been teaching in a very structured way as is taught from the texts, from the Vasudhimaga, the path of purification. And want to encourage you to, to use that form and to also not be confined by the form. It's not about the form. It's not about the stages and the categories and proceeding in a linear way. It's about cultivating kindness and heartfulness in all directions, whenever possible. And we use the phrases as a support we use the methodology of going from easy to difficult as a support. We use different categories of people as a way, as symbolic of extending our heart in all directions as a support. But they're the supports. And it's more than the supports. It's more than the training wheels. It's about abiding and radiating and meeting life and experience and ourselves with kindness and friendliness whenever possible. So, and as I've said, and as I continue to say, and as I said to a bunch of people yesterday who were struggling with the practice, which is very common, um, who were... Um, trying really hard with the phrases and benefactor and this person and that person. And I asked them, I said, tell me someone that's easy for you to love. And someone said, oh, my granddaughter. And someone said, oh, my daughter, that's so easy. And someone said, oh, my kittens. Someone said, my cat. So f another, another variation on the benefactor, which I haven't said, um, we've said in different ways, but um, it's the easy, it's the person that's easy for you to love. So I don't particularly like the word benefactor because it's a weird word. It's a, it's, it's a word that I don't use, use in my common parlance, and so it can trip us up. <clears throat> so if that's been the case for you, start with the person that's easiest for you to love. Child, grandchild pet, whoever, doesn't matter. And remember that you know how to do this, that you have a loving heart, that you touch at times in your life quite naturally to a stranger, to an animal, to a family member, to a friend, to a colleague, warmth, friendliness. Kindness, love, care. These are not outside of your domain of experience. So that's what we're, we're touching into, drawing upon, and fanning the embers of. And so at times when the practice gets dry, boring, dull, you know, drop the phrases, just sit quietly. Attune to your breath, just be quiet. 
Or if you're outside and you're in a rote mode of cranking out the phrases as you stomp up and down, (laughs) just stop. Just look around, take in the beauty, take in the spring, take in the clouds and the flowers or whatever it is. Just walk up and down, take in, you know, I, I always loved when I was doing intensive meta practice here with Sharon, and she would say, you know, walk in the place that most brightens your heart. I was like, yes, <laughs> I can go outside and walk in beautiful places. Fantastic. <laughs> that brightened my heart. It made metta more accessible. So really listen to that. It's, it's not just a nice instruction. It, it, we mean it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like, no, it's got to be hard. I've got to go downstairs in the basement. Up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> not so, not so. And in the same way that I mentioned in, I think, in the Q&A um, about the different ways that we can practice, and um, I, I would invite you to be a little more uh, creative today and, and, and not be so adherent to the, the strict form that we've been going in. I mean, if it's been working for you, fine, but you know, just like I mentioned how Sylvia practices. She, she wishes Meta for all 17 family members first and then moves on from that. She must take a long time to do her Meta practice. But, um, you know, maybe someone else pops up in your good friend category or the easy person. Or you decide to work on a neutral person. Why not? Or if multiple people arise. Okay, wish them Meta. Just allow a little more fluidity in the practice. Use nature, as I was saying yesterday. Nature is a beautiful support. We're going to be radiating kindness to all beings, which includes nature and the beings that live there. All the teeming life. I read something very staggering this morning. There's a new scientific journal came out that the Guardian released um, yesterday. And, um, you know, very much in line with my talk around, you know, this reflection on all beings. Well, what is all beings? What are all mammals? All mammals at this point, 60% of mammals on the planet are livestock. Another 36% of mammals are homo sapiens. That's people like us. And 4% of mammals are wild. That's a staggering statistic. May all beings, all creatures, all mammals, and all livestock be happy and safe and free from suffering. Thus we come up to the paradox of metta, of wishing all life be well, knowing so much of all life consumes other life. And may all life be well. And may all life be well. 70% of birds that we love are poultry. Are poultry, only 30% are wild. That's a staggering statistic. May all birds be safe and protected and be happy. So this last category that we've been touching on yesterday with the various um, opposites We're extending to a very broad, expansive domain of the heart of all beings, all life, all sentient life, however we define sentience, all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. And so this requires a certain amount of creativity. It requires a certain amount of, um, I'm not sure what the word is, work to make sure it's not abstract. You know, we can, we can sometimes sit delusionally thinking we're radiating love all beings and then a fly lands on our arm and the <laughs> 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 all beings just got that one. <laughs> so to be, to be sure that when we're radiating, uh, extending this kindness that, that, it, that it's real, that it's not just some abstract all beings. That, so for me, I, 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 I'm visual, more visual in this, in this phase. Um, and I sort of, as well as radiating to all beings, I also 
think about, well, who makes up all beings? You know, as I mentioned, maybe it's all livestock, or maybe it's all beings underground, you know, the gophers and the worms and the, and the you know, mycelium, and, or all beings in the trees, right? birds nesting and monkeys and treetop squirrels and all beings of the air, the insects, the flies, the mosquitoes, the birds, the bats, all beings in the water, right? in the lakes, you know, the, the <coughs> snapping turtles here, and the, um, you know, the fish, and the frogs, and the, you know, all beings of the oceans, you know, the, 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 the great mammals, the whales, and dolphins, and crabs, and jellyfish, and plankton. And I think about all peoples, I think about, you know, radiating all refugees everywhere, all those who are homeless, all those in hospital, all those in prison, all those in school. And so so to, to making it a little more real in different, um, different facets of human beings, all those playing sport, all those looking at their screens, it's probably half the human race. I used to have an app on my phone, I'm not quite sure what happened to it, but it, um, it was a picture of the earth and it showed which part of the earth was currently in darkness and which in light. So, and I used to love at night looking at that and wishing meta for all the beings who were sleeping, you know, which is you know, a good half of the earth, and then all those who are awake, and then waking up in the morning and that, of course, that, that globe had changed. Wishing meta for now those who are awake who were sleeping and those who are awake, sleeping now awake. So it's one way you can sort of make it a little more tangible the other way um, that's in the text is in, in the directions. And this can be also very powerful. Visualizing or sensing, wishing metta for all beings above you and below you and all beings to your right and to your left. Another particular like all beings behind you, including the person sitting behind you who might be been shuffling a little bit during the retreat. All beings in front of you. And this isn't, so just get a sense of the, the radiating quality. And if it gets too abstract or intangible, um, come back to an, a person that you've been wishing metaphor, so to bring it a little more concrete and alive that this is about beings, living, breathing beings. And then again, expanding out. Okay, let's sit together. So in beginning, in whatever way you do, extending metta to a person that's most easy for you to love, to feel this sense of friendliness towards, and then proceeding as you need to. And towards the end, I'll say a few words about extending to all beings everywhere, all directions.
now expanding the field of metta to include all beings. And beginning with wishing metta in all directions to all beings above you. beings below you. And all beings behind you. And all beings in front of you. to the left of you, and to the right of you. in all directions. Outwards and unbounded, radiating kindness. And to make this more concrete, and you can visualize or sense kinds of beings within all beings. All mammals, for instance, all beings of the sea, of the sky. creatures of the land, whatever way allows you to connect with extending this wish of metta to a vast range of beings, to all beings, all directions, all life.
And if any time this sense of all beings becomes too abstract, bringing it down more to the particular or to using the the groups and the pairs that we used yesterday, or beings that are near, or beings that are far away. All children, all elders. Whatever allows you to connect with this vast array of life, wishing well. And as you bring the practice to a close, you don't need to lose <clears throat> touch with this sense of expansiveness or radiance. And as you slowly open your eyes, again, exploring the sense of seamlessness between your sitting practice, your formal practice, and non-meditation. Can you allow this sense of orienting, attuning as you open your eyes and see the many beings in this room, one tiny cross-section of beings that we continue this orientation. May all life be well. Be safe. So are there any questions this morning about your practice, about expanding to all beings? So the question's about wishing matter for a difficult person and feeling more a sense of pity, feeling sorry for them. And is that the near enemy? So yes, one way of defining the near enemy of compassion is pity, which is 
there's a distance. There's a, oh, poor you over there for feeling that. Ooh, that's, that's hard. Mm, stay away. And I'll feel sorry for you. It's not part of me or part of my experience, but it's happening over there. So yeah, there's a certain distancing. You know, it's close. It's not like you're hating the person or rejecting them. It's just there's, there's, a, there's, a, 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 there's a subtle barrier to you know, feeling with, right? The compassion to feel with. So there's a, um, and not wanting to let it in, let their experience in. And so there's a slight othering and distancing. So, you know, it's close, so don't, no need to judge it, but just notice, oh, look at that, there's, it may be better than when I was hating them yesterday. <laughs> and, but there's still a sense of, of, of separation. That's part of the purification, yeah, yeah. And at some point, it's like, oh, you too, oh, just like me, I have that that habit, pain, reactivity too. Oh, we're all in this together. May you be happy. May you be free of that. Even if, even though I don't like you, and I don't ever want to see you again, may you be free of that distress because I know that distress and it's horrible. May you be free of it. Yeah. Yes, Jerry. Um, I don't feel expansive enough to hold all that's been thrown out. Mm-hmm. I just wonder whether I should be sitting at first and try to lose the walls, the floor, the ceiling before I do a meta practice. I just wonder if that would be helpful. You wonder if it would be helpful? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Right. Right. Yeah, so the comments about um, not being quite ready or there yet to, to feel that expansive in terms of radiating metta to, to all life and wondering whether about blowing off the ceiling and the walls and um, yeah, I think it's important to recognize where we are. And, um, you know, maybe you're radiating kindness to everybody here or everybody here on this land. And that's, a, it's really just, it, it's, a, it's a movement outwards is what we're doing. It's an orientation to going from myself or my particulars, my loved ones. You know, we're expanding to these different categories. And um, ultimately, it's an you know it's a a love that's that is boundless or without obstacle. But really, it's wherever whatever the range can feel like in the moment. So we're orienting towards that boundless quality, and that may not be where we are. So start with what what feels workable in in this domain. Uh-huh. Right. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the so the comment about maybe he should attune to the feeling or the quality of boundlessness first before then then uh, sort of pervading the matter with that field. You could explore that. You know. I mean that that may or may not be accessible also. So when, when we're attuned to a more boundless quality in our experience or in reality, then, then yes, then we pervade metta with that, into that field. Um, I find them, but you can go that way or you can use the, the phrases and that directionality as a support and a leaning into that boundlessness. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, the main instruction is check it out. <laughs> Be creative, see what happens, learn, adjust. Yeah, thanks. Yes?
Right, right. Yeah, so question about timing and how to balance, how to adjust for all these different people we're wishing metaphor. And it's, as you can see, it's getting kind of busy. (laughs) It's like a little, you know, full in there. Right, we've got half an hour, 45 minutes, and like, wow, there's a little conveyor belt of people. I gotta, you know, next, next. <laughs> so, um, you know, again, be, be experiment. You know, does it work better for you to do a few minutes with each category and, and not worry so much? It doesn't, ultimately, it doesn't matter about the timing. And ultimately, it doesn't matter who we're extending our heart to. The, the point is, we're extending our heart, right? So, um, and it's useful to explore these different kinds of people that we might have different reactions to. Um, so sometimes it's fine just to go through each category for a few minutes each. I think often more helpful is, is to do, you know, a few of the categories, but not all of them, unless you have a long time. Um, and, and, you know, if it's a daily practice, then you, you know, mix up the categories. Um, but I think it's always helpful to start with someone who's easy, and then, um, and then what you do after that is really, you know, well, you know, I'd say easy self, this is often how I do it, easy self, either a, a stranger or a difficult person and all beings. So I do like one, two, three, about four categories. That seems sort of like plenty in 30, 45 minutes sit. Um, and there are other times like for, for years early in my practice, I mostly did myself because that was what ne- where it was needed, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot. And there were other times, there was some years where I really couldn't do it for myself, not because I couldn't, but I just, that's not where the heart was leaning. The heart was leaning outwards to, to everyone else. And uh, retreats have also often fallen in that vein a lot to myself and then, and then done, and now it's all beings. So listen to where the 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 movement is the energy is uh, and sometimes it's needed more you know with ourselves with a loved one with our difficult people um or sometimes with all beings because we feel very sort of you know closed in uh, and then some people are very practical and they set you know a little timer like insight timer has these little bells that go off so you know, you, maybe you're sitting for 40 minutes and, and the bell goes off every five minutes. Like, okay, move on, move on, move on. So that can also be helpful. I, I don't think it's helpful to look at the clock. So just trust the organic flow. Don't worry so much about, you know, oh, I really, you know, my friend really got short changed today. It's like, yeah, it's okay, there's always tomorrow. And, you know, they're not going to know, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so, okay. Yes, at the back. I think there's a lot of nodding and uh, <laughs> people relating to your experience. You know, it's all going well, swimmingly, meta, flowing, and then, <clears throat> oh, it's you. <sighs> Contraction, fear, anger, hatred, or whatever it is that's in the way. That's the purification practice, right? That's, it's, 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 well, first of all, it's not wrong that that's happening. 
And it's not a bad thing that that happened. It doesn't mean there's a problem in your meta practice. But it reveals where the heart's constricted, where the heart's closed, right? And we also see that when we come up against that and really rub with that, it really affects everything else, right? This is, so there's a lot of insight to be understood around this. Uh, and then what you do with it, again, you know, you can go either way. Um, what I would suggest is you back off from that person. You come back to those people who are easier. So you can reconnect with that quality of friendliness, self or easy person or whoever it is that allows that to flow. Uh, and then choose another difficult person in the context of this retreat. Um, and, but knowing that there's work to be done with that person. Um, so, and to include them over time. Um, so there's, you know, because, because it's, it's, it's useful to have something, you know, to have the heart simmering a little bit. You know, so there's some access to that quality. So, and then we touch into those who are hard, and, but when it gets too difficult, we come back to somewhere that's workable. Right? Uh, somewhere where we can reestablish a quality of connection or ease or warmth. You know? So, um, you know, and also taking a long range view. Right? This, is, this, isn't, this isn't the only time that you can practice kindness to this person or yourself or anybody else. So, so see it as a learning rather than a, a misstep and, and know that there's more work to be done and there's plenty of things and people and situations that shut us down. That's why we also build the, the access to the quality of metta up in a way that, that there's, there's some kind of foundation. Yes, at the back would be it. So I, I missed that. Say those last few sentences again. It's, if, we, if we see, see, a, see brown skin, everyone says that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see brown skin, but everyone does. And how, how, how do we approach that problem? And how ourselves and others do that problem? Um, what, are you, what are you defining a problem? Why are you calling that a problem? Instant judgments that are unkind. Pardon? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Right. 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 So what you're talking about is your is your conditioned, unconscious, or not so unconscious bias, right? Or an unconscious racism. Yeah, which is part of uh, conditioning in a culture and uh, or cultures that are historically racist and have been for centuries. Right? So. Um, and it's an important part of this work to look at those biases, to look at our inherent racism growing up in a, in a racist society that's part of the conditioning and part of our practice in waking up to look at that, to understand it, to see how distorted and biased our perception is. For most people, it's not, it's invisible. That comes with white privilege and privilege in general. And so, um, you know, part of our practice, mindfulness practice and meta practice, is waking up to those distortions, those biases, misperceptions, 
um, and the suffering that arises in relationship to that. So, um, you know, it requires a, a vigilance. It requires uh, a lot of unlearning. It requires uh, educating ourselves. Uh, requires doing our work around our own unconscious bias and racism. And um, you know, holding the whole that whole pantheon of experience with compassion. Right? It's it's suffering all round, but particularly those who are on the receiving end of that bias and distortion, all the racism and all the 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 suffering that ensues from that. So. You know, this is definitely part of our work when we're cultivating mindfulness and kindness to look at all the ways that we're consciously and unconsciously um, perpetuating suffering through that kind of bias and distortion. Yes? First, I just wanted to express gratitude for the, the vulnerability and, and courage that I've heard this week among questions and teachings. Um, it definitely gave me a sense of connectedness, especially during some of the harder moments, a sense of belonging. And just a reflection to, I was reflecting, I was, I was sending Metta to therapy clients that I've worked with and who I no longer work with. And when I got to the phrase, may you feel loved, I felt like this heaviness in my body and then I was remind, I remembered to say, I remember the phrase, in this moment. And that, that helped a little bit and kind of cued my own like sadness and loss. And so I, I kind of shifted towards trying to offer compassion for myself and feeling connected to their, their pain and kind of losing a, a relationship. I don't know if you have any comments to offer in your experience with that. Um, yeah, I feel like I need to know a little more about what you're... So, I, I'm, what, what is, the, is there a question in there around that experience? Or what's the... So when, when you're working in like a healing relationship. Right. And it brings up your own feelings of, of grief and loss and kind of the unfairness of impermanent relationships. Right. Um, in relationship to them or relationship to your own history? Your own experience, both. Then what to do? Yeah. So the, the did everybody hear the question? So um, you know, I think the the you know, having been a therapist for fifteen years and a coach and worked with students, you know, for the last twenty years, um, you know, it's a powerful medium for um, both connection, this practice meeting suffering, theirs and yours, or what arises in the field. Um, and um, I, for myself, I found it a beautiful practice of learning how to open my heart to the whole range of human suffering. I'm always amazed, I can, you know, in the days when I'm seeing six, eight clients a day, how, what the range of human suffering you know, from early childhood abuse to, um, you know, being loss and grief and marital conflict and, you know, just this whole range of human suffering. And, um, and one of my practices as, as, as a therapist and as a teacher, you know, is, is to also hold that spirit of metta and compassion and I think it's a really incredibly valuable support for that work. I don't know how to do that work without these qualities, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, without knowing more specifics, I don't know if I have anything more, more specific to say. Is there something else in, in what you're saying that... Let's leave it there, but you, you can leave me a note if there's, if, if there's more. Okay. Yes, last question at the back. 
Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we have a body, so it's useful to learn to inhabit it. Um, and for me, the meta practice is very, it's an embodied practice. When I'm wishing meta for myself, I'm feeling it in my body. When I'm wishing meta for others, I'm feeling it coming from my heart and my body to some degree. So you could start with just doing some body scans where you just guide your attention through your body and wishing every part of your body to be happy, as an example, to be well, to be safe. Okay, so some logistical things today. So the schedule uh, will be the same uh, until 3.30. So uh, we have our last round of individual meetings today. So please check the board. And um, uh, please, if you have questions, please ask the most important ones first, because <laughs> we only have 10 minutes. So, and then at 3.30, there'll be a Dana talk um, in here and some closing uh, announcements and ride coordination. So we ask that everybody attend. Please come at 3.30. And then after that, we'll have a process of uh, mindful speech where we introduce a mindful communication. We'll have a, a short period um, where a silence will end um, through until uh, uh, through dinner or until dinner. And um, so it's just a way of beginning to open up the field. It's actually a beautiful time on a meta retreat to actually um, be live with another human being as opposed to being in the eyes closed realm. So, and then we'll go back into silence and um, the rest of the schedule will be the same. So it is the last day of the retreat, natural for the mind to lean forward, watch the planning mind, come back, come back here, here, just this, just this. It's natural that people in your life might be coming more into your mind. If they do, may you be happy, may you be well, I look forward to seeing you, and carry on, carry on. Okay, enjoy your day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.